Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now in the Cornwood Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Corner Booth Podcast. I am your host, Jared Clinton, alongside my main man, Mr. Kev. We are jam-packed today. We had a crazy weekend in college and pro ball. Um, I have, it is now confirmed Max Kellerman doesn't watch actual football and both of me and Kev's teams won. So it, it, at least Saturday was fun, but both of teams lost on Sunday. So, well, Hey, listen, last night, it's rare that we can say that actually. I know. Cause we generally both like decent teams that win a lot in at least the regular season for my case. Um, but Kev. Last night gave us some good news. The leader of your division and the leader of my division lost on the same night. So let's get rocking and rolling here. My football doubleheader. So I never thought I'd be about this, but a 430 game was actually kind of lit because I'm sitting there doing job applications, just kind of like just hanging out. My parents are coming home. They're cooking. I'm like sitting there just drinking a beer, trying to get my stuff done. And I'm like, oh, I'll turn the Bills versus Chiefs on. And I'm like, all right. And I'm gonna, not going to lie, that game lived up to the billing. Was it a little slow because of the rain? Yes. Was it still fun? Yes. I'll take it. Um, the Bills shot themselves in the foot because they had an easy shot to win that game. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I didn't think it was that fun. I, I wanted the Chiefs to win, which is really weird to say. But... I mean, the Bills didn't look good throughout. They had that last drive that made the score look a little more respectable, but they were outplayed all game. It wasn't a close game. Well, the problem was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was just running through him like a freaking turnstile. I My biggest thing, what do you have? He had like a buck 50 on the ground, right? Or something close to it. It was the most amount of carries in Andy Reid's coaching tenure with the Chiefs. But... Uh, I, he had at least a buck fifty on the ground. He had one thirty in like the third quarter. One sixty one. Yeah, it was close. Um, but yeah, Hilaire looked unstoppable. Um, the the biggest thing is for the Bills, they really miss Matt Milano. 
that guy, that guy is, I guess, the motor of their defense because without him, they looked lost. Poyer was getting chucked around. They were thrown away from Tredavious White. Uh, Edmonds looked a little lost. I don't know. The pass was going to get after Mahomes. What I talked about they let it slip away was the – Kevin talked about the last drive that they scored on. They had a shot to get the ball back. They could have easily pinned Mahomes deep. And basically, not only did they miss a field goal before half, which I'll t- which by itself is, oh, two, they also could have pinned them deep and forced a punt. We, they only had two timeouts left, I believe, but they still had enough, like, of a shot to come back and win, especially with Josh Allen's arm and Stephon Diggs' deep ball heroics. Nothing's impossible. That offense is built for quick strikes, especially through the air. The pass rush couldn't contain... Mahomes. Now, don't get me wrong. Patrick Mahomes is very mobile. I, I put him and like Carson Wentz in the same where they're, they they can scramble. They're quick. They can get downfield fast enough. They're about as fast as a linebacker. But they're not Lamar Jackson or Tyrod Taylor or Deshaun Josh Watson Allen. or Josh Allen. They're mobile enough. They're they're more than like Aaron Rodgers or Big Ben, but they're mobile and they're not like Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Tyrod Taylor. So. Another very mobile quarterback. Historically, he's a great runner. Has a thousand rushing yards throughout his career. You know, it's really sad. I think there's like 17 quarterbacks who've done that this season, or like five or six at least. Um, Vic twice, Jackson once. Jackson might do it again this year, though. Yeah, but I mean, you didn't say season. You said number of quarterbacks. It's like two or three. It's like yeah, two or three. I take that back. But still, Tom Brady. Super mobile. That's the point of this conversation. You know, it's really five five one forty, baby. All right. Um, ba- back to the Bills defense. It wasn't just they were playing badly. They were also just taking stupid penalties. Oh my God! The Jordan when Jordan Poyer slammed Hilaire to the ground, or was that Hilaire? Or was that Robinson? I think it was one of them. Wasn't? Yeah. It might have been Robinson. I think I think one of them caught an out route or something, got to the sideline first down. Jordan Poyer just slammed him to the ground. Yeah, and then like the play right after that too, there was another stupid penalty that I can't remember. If the defense, if a defense has a bad game, that's fine. But if a defense is playing undisciplined, yeah. then you're fucked. You can't win. But mm-hmm. and on top, of, unless you're like the Bounty Gate Saints, but. And then also, like you talked about the Bills being built for quick strike ability. They weren't doing that last night, and they weren't going to do it. I can't see a reason why they turn it on. Josh Allen, 4.5 yards per attempt last night. Also, Sean McDermott's play calling last night was awful. Or whoever the play caller was. Like, everything was run, chip, run, chip off, pass. And I'm like, guys, this is the – I get it's raining, but turn it loose. It's the damn Chiefs. you got to play to their strength. Or play against their strength. I would have been okay if, you know, the first half they do that. They're like, we're going to just kind of go so-so, run it slow. But then by the third quarter, when you're down by 10, you have to start slinging it. With a guy like Josh Allen's arm, you have nothing to lose at that point. If you keep trying to dink and dunk it, you're going to lose. If you chuck it deep, you might win. See, this is I th- I'll make a point about this later in our one sentence game, but it's the same issue that I've seen in Philadelphia. 
Kev, if you go back and watch any of the games, Peterson, I swear to God, the first three drives just doesn't turn it loose. And then it's the second half, we're down by 20 in the last three games, and Wentz just says, all right, I'm just yeeting it. I don't care what Doug says. And they come back and either win or lose by a possession. So I think the same issues with, with Buffalo right now, where last night they easily could have just, like, I'm sorry, I don't want to see Devin Singletary take a run for three yards, a three-yard gain two times in a row and then throw in completion, oh, we got to punt it. Or, oh, we're just going to throw a chip shot, oh, it's going to get knocked down. You gotta um like especially in a situation where you're playing Kansas City, you have to take a shot though. Especially hey, with that nope. second like like Contavious Ward couldn't cover a cold last night, much less Stephon Diggs. Don't ever disrespect Marty Ball again in front of me. <laughs> Don't you ever do it again. I've decided we're a pro Marty Schottenheimer offense. Pocket. No, I'm just kidding. That offense is terrible to watch. Oh my god, atrocious. Imagine, imagine like if they actually had, if Andy Reid had the Chargers weapons of the 2000s. That actually, I was gonna save it for the live stream, but because you brought up the Chargers, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Of the three facets of a game, offense, defense, special teams, which yes. is the most important? <sighs> like if you do. If you're the best at this, you're gonna win. It's a, this is this is tricky because with the other two, are you the worst in the league or are you average? Or can I be a little above average at one and terrible at another? Or, yes. or like bottom ten at another? I'll take average defense, average special teams in elite offense, aka last year's Chiefs. Even you can even do that with the only one you really can't do elite this, but average average is special teams. Special teams can win you a few games. You don't have defense or elite offense, you're not winning ball games. An average offense that takes on a shit defense can still win 10, 15 games, and your defense can get you into the playoffs. And in the playoffs, where it's running the football and snow and just nasty weather all the time, you can get to the Super Bowl. Just running the football. Just ask Carolina about that. I mean, Cam Newton was the MVP, but, like, they literally ran the football 80% of the time. Give me the elite special teams, baby. He's you know why? Because of, of Here's a fun fact for you, Jared, and also listeners. 2010 San Diego Chargers led the league in offense, led the league in defense, missed the playoffs because they were dead last in special teams. You need to win the field position battle. I never said – that's why I didn't say shit special teams. I said average. You give me somewhere between fit, like t- 12 to 18, 20 on special I teams. I like, the most important, and you changed the question. So, But I said you got to put parameters to it because it's a hard question to answer. It's really not. Special teams. If you're dead last in special teams, you're not making the playoffs. Well, no. If you're saying de- – it's <laughs> – all right, Whatever. It's a fact. Well, yes, but you also need to have a great offense and an okay defense or vice versa. Just ask the Cowboys how their elite offense and their shit defense is going. Yeah, but how's their special teams? I need the special teams. Yeah, true. Average. Not elite. All right, all right, all right. special teams Joe Flacco because they're not elite. 
All right, so, yeah, I'll give you that one. Because, like, I mean, like, all the recent Super Bowl champions I remember, Chiefs had good special teams because of Nicole Hartman and their kicking game with Bucker. They had an elite offense and an okay defense. Um, Patriots had a okay defense, good offense, and elite special teams. Uh, Philly had good off a great offense, good defense, and good special teams. So I, I do see your point. I guess the whole point of that conversation, you didn't have a very balanced team or else you're not going to be successful. I just wanted to talk about the 2010 San Diego Chargers. Well, of course you did. <laughs> I just remember the 14-2 and two San Diego Chargers that basically just dropped off the map after they got killed. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So the second game was a lot more satisfying for obvious reasons. One, thanks to Kenyon Drake and um, <laughs> Kyler Murray, I stumped uh, my opponent in our fantasy league this week. Even though you forgot to set your lineup. I think you still might have won, though. No, I didn't. Oh, so I didn't forget to set my lineup. I checked, like, Saturday, and I was drinking during the games. And it showed me week five's lineup. And I didn't look at the points. And I was like, oh, cool, my lineup's set. I don't see any buys. And then I closed my phone quickly because I was in the middle of a game. (laughs) I was so mad. And then our friend who I was playing, Pat, texted me, what do you want for Camara? Actually, yeah, I was playing Pat. And I said the Holy Grail. It's like, you didn't even set your lineup this week. I said, and I explained that to him and he just went, yikes. Yeah. Um, I, cause of Kenyon Drake and Kyler Murray going off, I basically stomped Peter. Also, Peter forgot to take out OBJ. Oh uh, no. Forgot to take out Nick Chubb or, um, there's another guy he had an IR or was out this week. So I was just laughing. I'm like, the guy forgot to set his lineup. Cause I think in Canada, I think they're a day late or something. Just, just Forget, dude, no, there are like three people in this league who don't set their lineups anymore. Yeah, I know. It's it basically you, me, Pat, Sawyer, and like a, like two other guys who actually set a lot. Walters. Yeah. And that's um, about- also, yeah, for fantasy he might have, but Kyler didn't really go off. He kind of had a bad game. Oh, no, like efficiency-wise he was awful, but he just scored a ton of points. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm arguing, like. I don't know how his QBR was 82 and his rating was 93 when he went 9 for 24. Well, because I think it was like two touchdowns or whatever. Yeah, he had two touchdowns and then 74 on the ground and a touchdown. But but I don't get why his QBR is so high when his completion percentage is so damn low. I, I don't know. It's well, Also, it's a Kingsbury lineup, so like you kind of have to take it as – I, I, I don't know. It's it's definitely an odd, like, problem to have with Murray is, like, he's a, a super efficient when it comes to touchdowns and, like, scoring points and getting yardage. But we've seen in their losses, his lack of completion percentage kills the team. So it, it's definitely something to deal with. It's definitely something to do with Kingsbury's offense and Murray. But I guess, I guess we're getting off topic a little bit. God, the Cowboys looked really bad yesterday. Oh, my God. They're garbage. I, okay, so I have newfound respect for Dak Prescott. Do I think he's as good as Wentz or Watson or Lamar Jackson or Mahomes? No. I mean, he's Do better I than think... one of those guys. What? He's better than one of those guys. Watson? Well, no, the guy who leads the league in interceptions this year. Yeah, I'm not even going to touch that one with a 10-foot pole. Um, but 
he's a good quarterback because I didn't realize how bad. I mean, also their offensive line is shot to shit. Oh, must be. Oh, just like the guy from, um, just like the guy from, um, oh, Philadelphia, whose offensive line shot to shit. But every year. I all I say is though. Yo, what happened to Zeke? <laughs> Zeke takes games off. This is why I hate him, and this is why I say don't pay top running backs. You can get their dime a dozen, and or especially just for don't Zeke, play running backs with shit work ethic. Yeah, don't play don't pay running backs at all. That's what we but, always agree to disagree. Um, but no, he takes games off. I understand Zeke's the worst example for this because his work ethic is probably the worst in the league. He has shack level work ethics. I'm waiting for him to balloon to 250, 300 pounds by the end of his career. Eddie Lazy 2.0. That would be great. <laughs> Yo, honestly, here's the thing. is like if it's a running back who's multifaceted where they, they are elite in the passing game as well as they are in the uh, the running game, like a, a Camara, a uh, McCaffrey, or even to a lesser extent, my boy in Philly Sanders, who fucking hurt, of course. Um I understand paying them to a certain degree. I don't think you should throw Todd Gurley money at them because that's stupid. Like, post-30 running backs, elite running backs just don't exist unless your name is Gore, McCoy, or Peterson. And McCoy only had about one more year on top of 30 before he kind of went. So, I I guess my biggest thing is here with the Cowboys is that Jerry was so adamant making sure the offense was elite and getting and getting C.D. Lamb at 18 and, you know, snaking him. Because the next team that was taking a receiver was at 21. That was Philadelphia, and Philadelphia wanted Lamb. But there were two good defensive backs and two good linebackers and one good pass rusher still available at that point in the draft. And now all I see from Cowboys fan pages all day is it's like, you know, it would have been great if we drafted somebody on defense. I see their point, but also, I mean, if it was Ruggs there, I could see them going, we're taking defense. I love Henry Ruggs, but CeeDee Lamb was arguably, I personally think Jerry Judy was better, but there's an argument that CeeDee Lamb was the best receiver in that draft. And if he falls to you after you're expecting two teams in front of you to take take him, you got to take him. Build the defense oh, no. in the coming years. Your quarterback is good and young. He's hurt now, but they didn't expect that at the time. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I think a defense can also a lot of scheme. If you have a good defensive scheme, you can hide deficiencies. Look at the Patriots last couple of years. They made guys look like pro bowlers. What have they done since they left? Jamie Collins sucks when he's not on the Patriots. Kyle Van Noy was a nobody when he got here, and he's not really doing much now. And then, oh, uh, who's the other one? There's one more who left. The only exception is Chandler Jones. Yes, but he was traded, or he they didn't let him walk in free agency. He was traded because he showed up to Foxborough Police Department high on synthetic weed. So, he doesn't count. Uh, they let Darrell Revis walk. He was over the hill at that point. They let Malcolm Butler walk. He wasn't that good at that anymore. He was only good here. Logan Ryan is an exception, but he sucked for a couple years after leaving. He had one good year. Even Malcolm, I mean, I know you knocked Malcolm Butler. Butler's not terrible, though. He's he's not. He was his be, first year in Tennessee. He's not now, but he was, yeah. So he's I, I, average, he went from Super Bowl hero, pro bowler, 
to literally the worst ranked cornerback in the league to an average cornerback now. He's bounced back, but he doesn't look as good as he did when he was here. <laughs> also, to be fair, he has ju- he has um he has what's the safety for the Tennessee Titans? The one who just got paid a shit ton of money. God, what's his name? It's not Reed. It's the other one. It's the free safety because they have Vaccaro at the Byard. strong safety. Byard, yeah, Kevin Byard, Vaccaro, Adoree Jackson on the other side. The, the Titans have an elite secondary anyway, or at least a good secondary on paper. So I think Butler being the number two is the best thing because Dory Jackson's is a far better corner than. I think also this year, like, I don't think he's as good, but this year with how good their secondary is, Malcolm Butler is basically Richard Sherman. He is extremely overrated. Oh, yeah. That's my semi-hot take because he played well in San Francisco, but he sucked towards the end in Seattle because he couldn't cover people. It was zone coverage where just they had a bunch of phenomenal cornerbacks and safeties. Yeah, yeah. and linebackers, too. You had K.J. Wright, Malcolm Smith, and freaking Bobby Wagner. All could cover ground at ridiculous speed. So Sherman's having covered one part of the field. You put a speed receiver, just go watch film of what T.Y. Helton did to him. It was a tro- – like, T.Y. Helton, an elite route runner, just sliced him up like sushi. It was bad. So I will take that. I think Malcolm Butler was a good, good border, great corner in New England and then goes – Super Bowl hero and then goes to Tennessee and the system's changed. But I think Vrabel's kind of gotten the best he can get out of him. So – Oh, yeah, um, I'm not knocking Malcolm Butler or Mike Vrabel's system. I think Mike Vrabel's a phenomenal coach. Oh, I do too. COVID protocols. Man said he would cut – man said he would do to himself what we just did to my dog last week to win a Super Bowl. You can't question the commitment. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of Mike Vrabel as a head coach. Um, one thing, though, um, I know I know your boy Cowherd definitely uh, is not a fan of this, but – I'm starting to get the vibe that Mike McCarthy just wasn't the fit in Dallas. I just the everything looks off. Everything looks like this much talent should not be fucking up this much. I have a coach in my mind who would be perfect if Dallas signed him. Perfect. Joey, Fresh- Joey Freshwater? No. No, Joey Freshwater would be horrible. He would be perfect. He can build a defense, can't really build much of an offense, could never really get a good quarterback. Might take a bit of money. He's got a pretty cushy cushy gig right now, but Rex Ryan. His offense, he kind of took over some play calling stuff in the Jets and had his guy at quarterback. It didn't work out because the quarterback position sucked. The offense wasn't good. The defense was always phenomenal, though. Rex Ryan is the championship games. Rex Ryan is the perfect fit for the Dallas Cowboys right now. I just don't want it to happen for obvious fan reasons, but no, that's a great take, honestly, because I think that actually could work. Rex Ryan, Jerry Jones, work it out. Guys, this will be mutually beneficial for both of you. Kevin, shut up. Um, All right. Ready for one sentence game? Sure. All righty. Let's get rocking and rolling. 
if my phone ever loads. We're speeding into it. Broncos, Patriots, Kevin. This is a good loss. Defense is you struggle. want me to defend it? No, 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 no. I agree with you. Um, defense is struggle. Um, Pat's just causing bad breaks. That's what happens. Cam Newton also took weeks. responsibility, which shows his leadership and maturity. Also, he dove on the fumble this time. He's learning. He is learning. All right. Eagles, Ravens, I'll go first. Somebody should just, like, can somebody fire the Eagles training staff? Like, we just lost two, three more guys. But Wentz is one competitive son of a gun because he kept them alive in that game. Oh, my Lord. Also, Teespring, buy the shirt. This was basically a loss for the Ravens. Yeah. I think the Steelers are better, honestly. I've been hammering constantly that the Steelers are a fake, undefeated team. I They might be... And now, yeah, they beat the Browns. It's the Browns. It's yeah, the Browns crazy. are fake as hell. The Browns are a fake team. We figured that out. Yeah, but the Steelers might prove me wrong. Their offense is just good enough to score points while their defense stops them. Chase Claypool is the key. He is their number one receiver. It's not Juju. Juju, the biggest fake tough guy in football... I, sw- I, 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 was ta- I was sitting next to a Steelers fan at the bar on Sunday. And I said to him, like, listen, you have a good number three and four with Johnson in Washington. And Juju is a good number two receiver. You add Claypool, who I've been calling Megatron 2.0 since draft time. People called me nuts, not you. But people in my friend group called me nuts. Like, this kid played at Notre Dame. What kind of offense has he been through? I'm like, the guy's a freak? And knows how to do one thing, score touchdowns. And he went to the one system where receivers thrive out of college. So I'm I'm for I think the pit I think Pittsburgh they need to get a running back at the at the deadline. That's the biggest key because you cannot rely on James Conner. They need a home run hitter in the backfield again. But at least get like a number two guy. Like go get like a Chase Edmonds out of Arizona or something. Like get somebody who's going to break off a big run or two. But that being said, yeah, no, Baltimore looked – I wasn't impressed. I seriously wasn't. I saw – it was more Philadelphia blowing. They had Jackson in the backfield multiple times, and a guy would take a wrong step, and up oh, there he goes. Jackson's mobility kept Baltimore, three of Baltimore's drives alive. So, there you go. All right. Also, this – I think I, – I never thought I would be happy after a loss, but I, I sat there at the bar. I'm like, my boy's back. No picks. He's back. All right. Whatever. He's like, everyone's been saying, like, is Wentz okay? Is he fine? I mean, progressively, yep, he's back. It's fine. All right. Texans and Titans. Derrick Henry is a goddamn Asgardian. (laughs) Ryan Tannehill's earning that contract. Facts. I mean, also, I, you said Wentz is back. He is back. He lost a fumble. I didn't throw a pick. I'll take it. Old Carson's back, baby. No picks, but fumbles. Listen, you lose one fumble, don't throw picks. I'll take it. All right. You know what? Uh, uh, listen, you can't get you can't get perfection unless you ask for vintage Brady. So, all right. 
Yeah, no. Um, the Texans, I swear, I don't even know how they have a win. But, um, yeah, the Titans are legit. I think the Titans are the biggest – I think the Titans are the best team they have. I think Titans, Steelers, Chiefs, one of them is going to take it. I think Buffalo is somehow withered its way back to the fourth seed. <laughs> But the AFC we thought was going to be weird this not great this year is stacked. Like Baltimore is going to be a wild card team. What the hell is going on? Fair. Also, I would love to see like like at the deadline Pittsburgh say, "Hey Ben, we know this is your last ride or your second last ride. We're going to go train for Sam Darnold and have him sit behind you for a year." Not a bad idea. Yeah, I, I would I would love to. Speaking of the Steelers, ooh, Steelers Browns, Kevin, go first. I was wrong. Steelers are legit. <laughs> My sentence is I told Cruz I was unpredictable as the teams I root for. Want proof? I picked the Browns to win. I started the Pittsburgh defense. I wanted fantasy. God, the Browns are terrible. Baker Mayfield's trash. He's decent for the first two quarters. Oh, so he's the opposite of Wentz. Well, Wentz is trash for the first two quarters, then fucking goes off in the fourth, third and fourth. Also, by the way, though, one last thing on Eagles uh, Ravens: John Hightower, Miles Sanders, two drop touchdowns. I'm, I'm gonna lose my damn mind. But wait, that both ended up in three and outs. So there you go. Um, all right. Which, wait, you did your sentence for Cleveland and Pittsburgh. The Washington football team and the New York football giants. Jets are the last winless team. Trev's about to pull an Eli. No, Trev's about to pull a, uh, a John Elway, just not signed with a team who drafts him. He'll threaten to go play baseball. Um... Yeah, wow. <laughs> I was wrong about the uh, about Washington. Me too, bud. Yeah, the Giants still suck. <laughs> They're bad. All right. Um, Falcons and Vikings. Free Julio, buy a shirt. I don't care that they won. Free them. Free my mans. Do put up two touchdowns and I think almost 100 yards receiving with that trash offense. And you know what the thing is? That may be one of the two or three wins the Falcons have all year. Free Julio. I second that. By March. Also, that offense isn't too trash. Calvin Ridley's still pretty good. Oh, no. Calvin Ridley's great, but he's young, so he's got time to get out of there when his contract's over. True. All right. Lions and Jags. I had to sit DeAndre Swift. God damn it. <laughs> Yikes. I sat DeAndre Swift but started TJ Hawkinson. Hmm. Minshew Mania is over. Tank for Trevor. That would be even better. Let's put Trevor in that division with freaking uh, with freaking um, that pass rush in Carolina. <laughs> I mean, uh, in Tennessee. I'll take it. And that Colts defense. 
right. Uh, ba- speaking of which, Bengals, Colts. Joe Burrow is legit. Yes. Also, you can't count out the Catholic rabbit. Phil Rivers coming back. Oh my God, that dude, man. I, I like. I look at the score. So I'm at. Ha- it's at halftime, and I'm like sitting there, and I, I Eagles are down 17 nothing. Elliot just missed the field goal. And I look at the bartender. I'm like Georgia. I need another beer and a shot of Jack Daniels. And she goes, all right, I got you. And she goes, why the shot? And I'm like, I point at the scoreboard for Philadelphia, Baltimore. She goes, ah. And she drops a shot at Jack. And I look over, and I see, I think I think Cincinnati was like 21-0 or 21-3. It was like, so, well, they were up by a double digits. So I'm like, the fuck is going on? And so I look at the guy next to me, the Steelers fan. I'm like, do you understand this? He goes, nope. So take the shot. And then I look back on the NFL. They had uh, the scoreboard, the, the the Sunday Ticket scoreboard channel up on the screen next to the Eagles game. I look over. I'm like, son of a bitch just tied it. I I I just think. I mean, John Ross and AJ Green both won out. It's gonna be interesting. So since they might get more draft picks. <clears throat> honestly, we'll take Green or Ross. Honestly, just we'll give you Ross for a fifth rounder. <laughs> That's about what he's worth right now. <clears throat> That would not get a deal done. They would rather sit him on their bench. Oh yeah, true. No, but that's the uh, that's my honest to God as a as a football connoisseur, and I've been we've been what covering the year, league for three and a half years now, or more if you count my college years. But yeah, no, that's what I think you get from John Ross. It's an honest, fair trade. Is a fourth or fifth rounder. The guy has been not productive or healthy. Um. Yeah. Uh. Bears. Panthers. This Bears team's making a run at the title. They're about to get double doinked by some poor sucker coming out of the wild card. <laughs> oh yeah, no, but I think they're gonna make a run. They're gonna push the Packers for the AFC or the NFC North. Ooh, I can't even talk about the Packers. And I mean that defense is phenomenal. Foles is a good quarterback for them if he controls the turnovers. They don't need a lot of points out of him. Yeah, defense when they when they have the lead, that defense is exceptional. All right, I'll let you take lead on this one because I think I have an idea what your sentence is. Wait, no, I didn't. I didn't do mine. Um, the Bears are better than the Packers. Who said that? All right, Jets, Dolphins, Kevin. It's two a time. That's why I gave you. I knew that was gonna be your sentence. I appreciate it. Um, I gotta give an award to Fitz Magic for being teammate of the year. Tua comes on the field. He's amping up the crowd. He's clapping. Talk about just a great mentor. Fitz Magic is like one of the great guys of football. <clears throat> All right, ready for uh, Packers Bucks? <clears throat> yeah, I'll go first. I love being right. <laughs> People are always surprised when I'm right, but generally it happens a lot. Um, I said the Packers were soft. Good passers are going to punch him in the mouth. <laughs> Just like the Dominican student to Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I love seeing the Packers squirrel and squirm. Oh my God, that was hysterical. <clears throat> I should have learned in 2016 not to pick against Tom. 
Also, Aaron should stop doing uh, Hingle McCringleberry uh, celebrations. 38 points unanswered after that. Yikes. <clears throat> All right. And finally, my oh, LA, uh, Rams and 49ers. I don't even actually know if I watched that game. I watched half of it. And all I can say is I, I give up on trying to understand the NFC West. I'm just going to pick a guy. <laughs> I'm just going to see whoever wins it and say, all right, they're in. This division makes as much sense as a clown a clown college. I, I don't understand it. it. It's it's just a loony bin on steroids. Like, there's no logical reason for this division. The 49ers who lost to the Dolphins in, in, in the Eagles team, who lost to the Dolphins and Travis Fulgham. And then but then can beat the Rams, who looked like the best team in this division, like two weeks ago. Jimmy G bounce back game. Watch, they're going to lose next week. I'd be, I'd be, I'd laugh hysterically. I would be like, this is just the most 49ers thing ever. Um, <clears throat> all right, Chiefs-Bills. Um, Mahomes, Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league for a reason. He probably wasn't going to win it. Josh Allen just blew a shot at MVP. Yeah. Cowboys-Cardinals. I think they would have had a better chance with Dak on one leg. Hey, Dallas. It's not much fun when you have, a, when you have no offensive line. Huh? Also, Dak get well. All right, so Kevin, are you ready for a six-pack redemption? <laughs> sort of. We both yeah, get back this. Long. I gotta eat dinner still. All right, all right. I, I, yeah, I know. I have to eat dinner. So, forgot it's almost past your bedtime. So, all right, final score for this week. Your boy, the hostess with the mostest, seven points. Kevin got four. The host with the most, not hostess with the mostest. Um, so I take. A nice, comfortable 34-31 to 31 lead. I should have um, had five. Yeah, Kev should have had five. You want me to give you at least four and a half? Yes. All right. Kev gets four and a half, so now it's 31.5. Good. All right. Kev went upset. Kev's upset pick was my pit. Miami won. Um, quick throw in that game. Number four defense in the country. Eagles, I mean, Hurricanes had a nice bounce back win. Do I think it would have been a lot closer if Kenny Pickett played? Yes. Do I think Hurricanes would have still won? Yes. Um, yeah, of course they announced took, he wasn't playing, like, Friday or Saturday. Like, Saturday morning is when they announced it after we You know, because Sawyer texted me, our buddy who's a Pitt fan, before the game, literally at kick, like, two minutes before kickoff, goes, it sucks Kenny Heisen's not playing. I'm like, wait, what? I mean, the guy they had playing wasn't bad either. This uh, He was a transfer from uh, Arizona State. I guess he's the guy they're putting in after Heisman, but. He started out poorly. Oh, no, no. He started to settle in, though. It was his first start, though. So, uh, since ASU. But honestly, though, kid wasn't bad. Um, yeah, nice bounce back win from Miami, though. Uh, Bama and Georgia. Uh, we both picked Bama. Um, for about 30 seconds, I was like, oh, good Lord, if Georgia wins this, Kevin is going to be miserable tomorrow. 
And then Alabama turned into Alabama, and it was all over from there. Yeah, I want to make a quick PSA real quick. Mm -hmm. If any Georgia fans are listening, shut the fuck up. There's his ASMR. about the refs. Y'all have had the lead going into halftime the last three games, and y'all have blown every one. Y'all gave up a 90-yard touchdown. Oh, I'm sorry. Did the ref make your cornerback suck? Like, how is that the ref's fault? You're bad. You lost by 17. I did not see 17 points put on the board by bad officiating. Georgia fans are the New Orleans Saints fans of college football. You know, I felt kind of bad for Atlanta after blowing a 3-1 lead in the uh, NLCS after Super Bowl 51. After the national champ. I was happy, but I felt bad after the last two. I don't anymore. Y'all are a bunch of babies. New Orleans Saints fans of college football. Fuck all y'all. <laughs> and a good right. coach. Yeah, Kirby's a joke. Um, start a 5-9 quarterback. Like, I don't know what to tell you. This ain't the Arizona Cardinals. All right. Then we already talked about Brown Steelers, Celtic Steelers. I took Browns. My upset uh, is not my upset, but I took the Browns anyway. Um, I took Bucks as my upset. Kev took the pack. So we split those. We both put, took Chiefs over Bills. Um, Kev took the Pats as his gimme. I gave him half a point back because the look I gave him when he picked the Ravens as his gimme. Um, and then okay. I took Clemson out of pure bitterness. Yeah, I mean... Oh, we took also BC, Virginia Tech. Oh, yeah, we both nailed that one because Virginia Tech is a better program. Yeah. In college, <laughs> half the time, you can pick which program's just better historically, and you're probably going to win. Unless it's like Texas or Oklahoma this year. <laughs> yeah, or like Georgia Tech versus Clemson. Georgia Tech historically is a better program. Yeah, no, they were like dominant in like the 80s, and they were like a great team in the in the 90s, 80s, and even earlier than that. But the last like decade, it's been Clemson. They've basically been Clemson, Miami, Pitt, Virginia Tech, and um, Boston College's punching bag, and North yeah. Carolina. All right, uh, we're gonna keep it rolling here. It is. We're going to quickly break down the World Series. Kev, first pitch tonight, Glasgow versus uh, Kershaw. I think we got to get big old Stevie double dribbles back on here for either the end or mid-World Series. But besides that, are you pulling for America's team? I am. Buy a shirt. They beat the Astros and the Yankees. They are America's team. Screw you, you Cowboys. See that plug. <laughs> uh, I am pulling for them. Also, we got to get Cruz back on to see how how high he's feeling right now. Heat, I think he's a Heat fan. Just they lost, but made it to the NBA Finals. Saw Tampa Bay Lightning championship. Rays are in the World Series. Like, he's probably living high right now. Oh, Alabama's still good. I mean, the Saints are going to be garbage, but at least the at least Bama, at least everything else is going right for him. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Also, I don't really want the Dodgers to win. Oh, I don't either. I despise the LA Dodgers more than any sports team except for Clemson. Fun fact. So there you go. All right. Kev, you got something weird for me? I do, and it's World Series related. Oh, by the way, I picked the Rays in seven. So we, you've seen it. Uh, Rays are a pretty small market team based on how much they spent. Their total payroll, I think, is $28.7 million. 
Yeah, it's close. Mookie Betts and Clayton, Ker- Clayton Kershaw make almost that much. They make like 26.5 or something. Didn't it doesn't Betts' big contract like numbers don't even kick in until next year? Yeah, no. They yeah, no. Next year or two years? It's next year, two years, and Kershaw makes like twenty one. I think. Somewhere in the twenties. But yeah, no, yeah. Betts makes like Betts makes like six. But we're gonna look that up real quick on Spot Track, because that's all I use. My favorite is how that the entire race payroll was less than Garrett Cole's contract. <laughs> that actually might have been their average salary. Because <laughs> Mookie Betts' 2020 base salary is $27 million. Oh, shit. $5 million signing bonus. So Mookie Betts makes more than the entire... Uh, oh, it might be yeah, the Dodgers, like almost all the Dodgers. I think except for like Max Muncy... I think most of that payroll is got to be at least north of 10 for all their and start. So combined, Mookie Betts and Clayton Kershaw make their payroll salary is 50, uh, 62. So they make double. Or they basically make what the Diamondbacks' payroll is. <laughs> yeah, and more than double what the raise is. So the same as a mid-market team and double of a small market team. Yep. Go Rays. America's team. Buy a shirt. Also, Corner Booth Distilled Shirts. Check them out on Teespring. Kevin hit a home run with this design. We should probably tweet out the links to those shirts at some point. Oh, yeah, no, we will. I think I think I'll, I'll, like, I'll remind you later when I post this. I'm going to get to set it early because I have to do another podcast in an hour. But um, I'll be like... Kev, remember to post all the links. <laughs> yeah, because my man Kev out here have been slaying it when it came to t-shirts. So, yeah, also me and Kev are getting our own custom ones for the show. They'll probably be up on our Instagrams in about a week or two. So, yeah, uh, that, would be, that would be Kev's uh, birthday present. Um, All right, last call, folks. Kick that smooth jazz. All right, so... Folks, I, I when I'm when I'm at the gym between sets, I'll like check Instagram. And one of the few I follow a couple Eagles pages on IG just to get like sports segments about the Eagles or highlights, kind of make myself feel better after a loss. Like it was nice seeing Travis Fulgham catch his third touchdown of the year. That guy's legit. We finally found a receiver. Just took us to take him off somebody's practice squad to get him. I'm fine with it. I didn't even know who the hell he was when he had his first catch, which is the hysterical part. Um, he's once his new favorite target this year. Only Eagle besides Terrell Owens to have a touchdown in his first three games as an Eagle. Fun fact. Two, I am convinced Max Kellerman doesn't actually watch Eagles games. Carson Wentz's biggest hater. Yes, he is taking the title promptly from Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless is starting to lean towards the Wentz train. Because he feels so, he hates his Cowboys that much right now. Max Kellerman and, our, and, our, and Kev's boy Dan Orlovsky who retweeted Kev a couple times. I, I want to try to get him on the show because he, he knows Mike. He's also a Shelton boy from Connecticut, like me. Um, Orlovsky, I swear, this guy's going to have a brain hemorrhage from how much stupidity Max Kellerman throws at him. So Kellerman's whole argument was the lo- loss of Wentz's fault. And Dan Orlovsky, 
And Stephen A is watching hysterically, just like sitting there with his sunglasses on, still laughing about how the cat, you know, just, just sitting there watching. And he goes, and Max turns him and goes, Carson Wentz beat the Baltimore Ravens. I think he, whatever the, it was, can't do math right now, 42, 42 to 28, 42 to 30. And Max looks at him like, oh, don't find He goes, John Hightower dropped a walk-in touchdown that would have been an 85-yarder. And Miles Sanders dropped a, a routine turnaround touchdown catch. Both were on either third or fourth down. Both ended drives. How can Wentz do anything about that? He goes, but he fumbled. Yeah. But then drove down the field and scored. Like, and I understand the interceptions are fucking terrible. I understand the hate. Kev, I understand your con- I understand why you go at Wentz about the turnovers. I get it. The fumbles, are they annoying? Yes. But will I take a fumble or every other game for what the hell he did in the second half with nobody? Earth goes down, Sanders goes down, and you've got Travis Fulgham and the ghost of J.J. Ortega-Whiteside and John Hightower dropping balls and Greg Ward getting double covered and Richard freaking High Hail Mary Boy Rogers. I'll take it. There was a guy named Josh Crum who caught a touchdown. I don't even know who the hell that is. And I follow the Eagles more intense than some of their beat writers do in Philadelphia. And I don't even know who the hell Josh Crum was. I thought it was Akeem Butler for a second because he's been sitting in our practice squad for two weeks. But, guys, I- I- I'm sorry. I will defend. I almost gave up on Carson after the Rams game. I'll admit it. I was ready to. And the first half of of the first three quarters of Cincinnati, yeah. But then I watched him single-handedly. That's where the whole competitive son of a gun shirt came from. I watched him come back and throw it straight to Fulgham. I watched him take Pittsburgh's number one defense to the limit until Jim Schwartz blew a coverage. And they should cut Nathan Gary for the love of God. Just put him out of his misery. And he took the fakest 4-1 team, Baltimore, 5-1 now, to the limit if it wasn't for two bad two-point conversion calls and a missed field goal and two drop touchdowns. So, Max Kellerman, I don't know how you stole the job. Go back to freaking boxing. That's all I got to say. Just shut up. Seriously. You're, 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 at least Skip Bayless had some Cowboys fandom behind his takes, so I would like at least laugh and chuckle a little bit. But you have nothing behind them. You just come off like a guy who just, like, you come off like Wentz stole your girlfriend. That's all you sound like to me. And I'm, like, coming at this from a, I'm like trying to look at it from a non-fan perspective. Seriously, I like, I'm like, where is he coming from? I get the fumbles, the turnovers, yeah. All right, it's, but hopefully by about week 10, he's not leading the league in interceptions anymore. He's definitely getting a lot more efficient with the ball. And that fumble, it was him trying to improvise. So, you know what, that's on him. But, that's all I got to say. God bless Stephen A. Smith for keeping first take alive because they bring in trash like uh, Anthony Spencer and uh, Max Kellerman. I can barely even watch anymore. Okay, you got anything else? I have a couple things on that point. Uh, of course you do. In Max Kellerman's events, I don't know if he believes a lot of the stuff he says. I feel like they're like, they go, hey, Stephen A. is the star. Here's his take. You just argue the opposite for ratings. Yeah, you're the punching bag. I, I think that's what he is. Also, in his defense, Saying the loss on Carson is ridiculous. He single-handedly took that team back and made it a close game, brought him within two. However, as the quarterback, no points in the the first half is kind of on you. That would have been a lot easier comeback if there were points on the board. And yes, the drops are a problem. 
Animus Field Glory Breath, I think. Okay, three. So you're down three to fourteen. Well, the drop. Okay, so the John Hightower touch drop was on the first drive. It was third and twenty-two after a bad penalty, or it might have been a sack. I don't know. I was running late to the bar. Um, Wentz threw a bomb to John Hightower. He got behind Mar. He smoked Marlon Humphrey. He got right behind him and flew past him, and it hit him in the chest plate, and it bounced off. Like he literally went like this, and it just went through the butt basket. He fell down and embarrassed, and he couldn't believe he dropped it because Kev. John Hightower runs a 4-4. He's smoking Marlon Humphrey down the sideline. What down was that? Uh, third and 22. Okay, never mind. Why are you in third and 22? I know the line's terrible. No, it was. A, I think it was an. Penalty. I think it was a holding penalty or something. I can't remember. Either that or once got sacked. Because like, here's the problem, and I said this before. Peterson's play calling in the first half has to change. Because I swear to God, in the second, he once he lets Wentz and Sanders loose. Not Sanders this week because God, hopefully it's only a one weeker. But we get him back for Dallas, hopefully. But when Wentz and Sanders can operate, when they spread the team out, when they let Wentz sling it, when they let Sanders get into space, the offense is on a new level. But this bunch it together, one of these, it's not working. We get Dallas Goddard back next week, who I think honestly has been playing a lot better than Ertz this year. And Deshaun Jackson will be back. It'll be good to kind of get him with Quez Watt. Oh, and Jalen Rieger as well. Not Deshaun Jackson. Jalen Rieger will be back. And Alshon Jeffrey is a maybe. Which is, even just to catch those big third down catches that Zach Ertz dropped this year, I hope Zach does get healthy. But uh, I've done talking enough Eagles. Unless I saw my favorite, my single favorite take from an Eagles fan, which I feel is very accurate. You talk about Justin Jefferson going off. Or doing well in Minnesota. Oh, was that the thing I retweeted from my boy Victor? I don't know if you retweeted it. I know I saw it. It's like, you guys, guys, calm down. You know if we drafted Justin Jefferson, he would be injured. And if Minnesota drafted Jalen Rieger, he'd be going off. No, that was my boy Victor from the Philly Pod. Check it out, by the way. These guys, those guys are great. Um, He follows me and I follow him back. He's uh, Fox Sports Philadelphia. Um, He's right, though. Seriously. Like, Rieger... Put tore a ligament in his thumb. Still played through the whole damn game in Cincinnati. Or at least tried to before trying to field him off the field. And like his first catch was a 60 was like a 55 yarder where he smoked the Redskins best cornerback. Just absolutely took two steps and got by him. So I think honestly Jefferson's just didn't have to deal with this crap training staff. But the Metcalf, the final part of that tweet was Metcalf or Sega Whiteside, which yes, Howie Roseman deserves to be like put in front of a paintball brigade for that one but all right oh wow just paintball you you've calmed down yeah i'm trying to mellow myself out jared's gone soft guys what said you've gone stop you've gone soft oh no i haven't gone soft i just it's also where howie roseman's at his best in the next two weeks so here he'll go back to pallet guns if he if he fucks up the next two weeks i expected uh you know, you expect him tied to a chair in Kilmainham, like those who led the Irish uprising in 1916. Okay, listen, I am a very intense human being, but I am also not a monster. Like the British. Good to know. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they were horrible. Um, all right, that wraps it up. Kev's got to go eat. I've got to figure out the hell I'm doing for an hour until Jack needs me to get on. So, by the way, check me out on Jack O'Hara's podcast. I will retweet the link or whatever. Um, but I'm Jared. That beautiful mustache man is Kevin. Drink some Jack Daniels and have a great week.
Don't drink Jack. Don't drink Jack Daniels. It's Tennessee Hate Week. That's exactly why I said that. <laughs> I'm just playing, but no, drink, uh, drink, drink some um, Knob Creek this week instead. Or some, or some, uh, or some uh, uh, what's it? What, what's McConaughey's? Long Branch. Long Branch. Or some Long Branch. That's or Texas. If if you're not a whiskey person, drink some Breckenridge Bruce. It's always a good oh. time. Always a good time. The vanilla porter is phenomenal. I hate porters, and I drank the six-pack fast. It was that good. So, seal of approval from a beer drinker. All right. Peace out, folks. Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly of Podcast Network.